If you are missing a loved one as you're moving through this holiday season right now, my heart absolutely goes out to you. This time of year can be absolutely agonizing when you're grieving. So today I want to share with you a few ideas that maybe can help to not take away the pain, but soften some of the sharp edges of it just a little bit. And a few truths that I believe, very much believe in, about grief and the holiday season. So thank you for being here. You are listening to Bold as Love. This is a podcast where we talk about how we show up in our lives, in our conversations, in our relationships, and really try to work towards doing that with as much courage, confidence, and kindness as possible both kindness for the other person, as well as for your own self, because that's often the forgotten piece of that, isn't it? I'm your host, April Boyd, and I'm a psychotherapist, coach, and breathwork facilitator. And this topic is near and dear to my heart. If you've been following my work for a long time, you know about my love and loss project, which supports grieving parents. And I certainly have had to put some of these ideas to the test in my own life as I've moved through the holiday season with very heavy grief in my heart. And so I want to share with you just a couple ideas that I think are are good reminders and hopefully offer you a little bit of something during this time of year right now, because it's so brutal, isn't it? Like, I think that's just the basic truth of it. I do not even consider myself, you know, a big holiday, Christmas, festivities kind of person. And yet I was shocked in the earlier years of my grief of how absolutely agonizing this time of year really is. And I'm not even somebody that, you know, participates in a ton of traditions around it, right? And even for me, it just kind of opened up all of the wounds so much more deeply. And if that's what you're going through right now, please know that you are not alone. And the first idea that I want to offer you is just a reminder as you're moving through this time is I think you're in the worst of it right now. For me, the time, the actual day, the actual, you know, couple days around Christmas itself was, was not quite as brutal as almost like the whole week leading up to it. It was awful, mind you, Christmas day and all of that. But I think part of what happens is we're already in that process, whether that's leading up to the anniversary date, leaning up to an important holiday, leaning up to their birthday or what would have been their birthday. And it's like our whole system is very much in that zone already. And it's kind of like we're bracing ourselves for that special date of like the 25th. But I think you're probably already in the worst of it, present tense. And so notice that even while you're in the worst of it, you're already doing what you thought you couldn't do, right? Sometimes when we're in this place, we're like, I don't know how I'm going to handle this. I don't know how I'm going to get through. I feel like my head just might explode, right? When I get to that date, but I think you're probably already 
processing all of that present tense. And so notice that even though that doesn't feel good, even though it's not comfortable, even though it certainly is not easy, you're already doing the hard stuff and continuing to put one foot in front of the other to make it through. The next thing that I want to offer is, I think it's good to remind ourselves that you don't actually have to make this time of year better or different for anybody else. There can be such pressure when you're having to interact with other people, right? Maybe that's friends, maybe that's family. We have such a fear of being a burden and such a fear of, I'm using air quotes here, you know, bringing people down, right? Where it's not okay that we're miserable. And I think that when we're moving through grief, other people need to recognize that if you're inviting us over, you're inviting me and my grief over, (laughs) right? If you're expecting me to host you, it is me and my grief that is hosting you. And I think it can be uncomfortable because we almost kind of look to other people to set the tone for us that that's okay to really give us that open acknowledgement and open permission that I don't expect you to be your old self. I don't expect this year to look like what it otherwise would have if this person was still here with us. But I think we have to actually source that from our own self partly because other people are not necessarily in the darkest parts of this. They don't really know just how deep and just how dark some of those places are that you've been living in, right? And so other people often don't know really how to best support you or what you need most. And for me, part of the reason for that disconnect that I sometimes experienced in my social circle during the heavier periods of my grief was that it was a moving landscape. Sometimes I wanted to talk about my daughter. Sometimes I absolutely did not want to talk about my daughter. Sometimes I wanted to be alone. Sometimes I was mad that people were not including me more, right? And so my needs changed almost kind of by a minute and hourly kind of basis. So I think we just have to give ourselves a lot of grace of it just is what it is. And I think even when you have other children in the house or children in the house and you're, you know, processing the loss of somebody, whether that's a sibling or a partner or a loved one or whoever that is, or a grandparent, whoever that is in your world, you know, we can feel such pressure that we're not supposed to, you know, emotionally break down in front of the children. And I think kids are pretty intuitive and they already kind of know they are not okay. And I think instead of feeling this enormous amount of pressure to somehow make things different than what they are, there really is something to just letting the truth be what the truth is. And the truth may be that this year looks really different. The truth is maybe that grief is a part of this year's holiday. And when we can give ourselves that room, right, it's almost like a more of a calming 
factor, we almost kind of think it's going to be more upsetting for people, but it really is like speaking to the elephant in the room, right? It's almost more crazy making when we know that something's not okay, but somebody's trying to fake that it is. And so instead, I think it's okay to just offer a little bit of transparency and maybe that comes with some reassurance, right? Of, you know, I'm okay. I'm just missing this person right now. I'm okay. I'm just, you know, I wish they were here with us too. There's just something about saying the truth out loud that gives other people permission to also be feeling whatever it is that they might be feeling and creates a certain kind of safety and trust in the room, right? It's a hard truth, but at least it's the truth. So just consider where can you maybe allow it to just be what it is? Allow the truth of it to just be here. The next thing that I want you to consider, which you're probably already doing, is thinking of ways that you can include your loved one's memory in this time of year. Some of the ideas that I've heard that I think are really um, beautiful and bittersweet is, you know, for some people, they leave literally an empty chair at the table, right? And, and it's that symbolic, constant um, reminder for everybody during this moment, because I think when you're the one closest to the person who is gone, right, it can feel like you're the one really holding their presence in the room and you're the one really, you know, responsible for holding on to their memory and honoring their absence. And something really symbolic like that, that concrete act, like having one empty seat at the table, I think creates a little bit of safety in the room where it stays a little bit present for everybody of where it's actually at for you, right? Because in this place, you know, you might be going and living in some of the deepest, darkest, and other people might just be weaving in and out of that grief space because they weren't as close to the person that you lost as you were right? They're not as impacted. And it doesn't mean that they don't care and that, you know, they don't feel it, but they might not be feeling it to the depths that you are. So these concrete reminders can help create a visual explanation for people of here's where it's actually at. Other things that I like is the idea of, you know, creating some kind of action, loving action in somebody's memory, right? So thinking about what kind of person that loved one was or how you even just want to let your love for them continue to exist in this world. I love this idea, this quote, that really grief is just love with no place to go. And that really becomes one of our challenge when we're grieving somebody is like all this love that is still built up in my body. Where can I move some of this energy out? Where can I let some of this love for this person be seen and felt in this world? And so for me, you know, in the earlier years of missing my daughter, that was looking at, Uh, fundraising for donations for a maternity home in Zimbabwe that looked like uh, having um, 
supporting different, uh, the, because I'm a girl actually foundation was one of the, uh, groups that I worked with and supported. And I think it, I think the right word for it, uh, they call it a sponsored child program. That's what I'm looking for. So, you know, looking at like, how can I let some of my love that I would have been pouring into her still exist in the world? Right. And of course, creating the love and loss project was a part of that for me too, for other grieving parents. But these can be both like very small things. I also did a random act of kindness event. This was actually for what would have been her birthday where I invited my family and really we went on kind of like this planned scavenger hunt and you can actually find the resources for that on my website to plan your own random act of kindness event day. And again, it just became this way of like, I want to do something. Now that said, even doing some of these beautiful actions, right? They didn't feel good at the time. (laughs) None of that feels good, right? So the question kind of becomes like, not what feels good, but what feels better than the alternative, Does it feel better for you to think about creating little care packs and driving that around and delivering it to um, different shelters, different programs, right? Delivering it to people that need it. Does that feel better than, you know, staying home and being on the couch? And it's totally okay if the answer is, I just need to stay at home in my own little nest, in my own little couch. Also, totally valuable and totally fine. It's just that little bit of checking in with what does your system need, right? Do you need to be busy? Do you need to be still? Do you need to be around people? Do you need to try to maintain as much, you know, solo time or quiet time as possible? Just really kind of looking at, you know, and how you can kind of include them in that in whatever ways feel meaningful for you. The next thing that I want to offer is you need to allow it all, right? And this kind of ties into what we just talked about, but you need to allow yourself to have permission to feel all that you're feeling and experience all of it. Because again, this is just the truth of what's happening, right? And so instead of instead of kind of trying to like push ourselves through, right? Or turn things off. I think we just have to kind of allow ourselves to be where it's at in this moment and reminding yourself that again, you're in the worst part of it right now. As you move through the next few weeks, things are going to get a little bit easier again. And this brings us to our last point of know that you're probably going to need some emotional recovery time after the holidays. I think of it as like being emotionally hungover, right? Because you're emotionally drained. You're emotionally spent. Grief, I swear, is like the equivalent of like hiking a mountain every day, right? Like it is exhausting. And so trying to create some space both in your actual calendar and schedule for yourself where you can, as well as just in your own expectations of yourself. This time is raw. This time is painful. This time is exhausting. 
And you're going to need some recovery time even once you're through the worst of it for your system to just restore and repair and heal that little bit more. So I would love to know which ones of these hit home for you and any ideas that you might want to share with me and the community about how you're going to take care of yourself and your grief and your loved one's memory as you move through this holiday season. I hope you found that this helpful. And again, the best way that you can thank me and support me in doing this work, if you did find this helpful, is to share this on social media. So take a screenshot of this podcast episode and tag me at with love April on Instagram. All right. Thanks for listening. I'll see you next time.